I want you to think about a young man, a black kid from Chicago, from the South Side, from some of the toughest neighborhoods, most dangerous listed in media, most dangerous neighborhoods in the world, Englewood, Roseland. His name is Brian Altheimer. He joined the Marines rather than join the gangs, and for years after, he and Jeff Carlin, my buddy here at the Chicago Way, we're co-producers and working together as producers. Brian joins us today to talk about what he sees is happening to Chicago, what he sees about public transportation and the schools and the vote. And he joins Jeff Carlin and me on the Chicago Way podcast today. And where are you? And where are you? As Joe Biden wins his non-competitive primary and says his blah, 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 and Chicago trembles as it gets ready for the Democratic National Convention, which you're sure is going to work out without any incident and embarrassment for the city, you're on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN+. Plus. So this is a guy who lives high on the hog, and he has this Tammany Hall-style attitude to power and um it is it's the chicago way absolutely the, the, the chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon it's the chicago way the chicago way that's the focus in a tower by the river there lived a man there was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand Defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. As promised. The man who knows Jeff Carlin's secrets, Brian Altheimer, producer at WGN Radio, longtime producer, former Marine or former Marine, which, how am I supposed to say that? Marine or former Uh, Marine? uh, Yeah, former Marine Marine is good. Ex-Marines are the bad ones. (laughs) I got it. Former Marine. And uh, Brian, so tell us all about, can you tell us all about Jeff's Secrets <laughs> that, he, that he wants to keep secret because that's part of the charm of this uh, project. Jeff probably kill me if I told all this. <laughs> yeah, that's not right. We didn't bring Brian to tell my secrets, John. Come on, how, how selfish. We'll learn about Brian. Brian Altimer is, uh, I've known Brian for, so let's roll back because I've known Brian for, geez, uh, as long as I've known you, John, probably. Two decades. Decades. Yeah, decades. Yeah. And, and Brian is, is a Chicago guy. Brian grew up, was born in born in, in Inglewood, grew up, has lived in Roseland for as long as almost as long as I've known him. His you know, went to Chicago schools, in the Marine, where has worked in Chicago his whole life. This is a guy who takes public transit until recently. He don't get this perspective everywhere, you know, especially not in, in the media you see. It's all plants and people who are sympathetic to the cause or whatever. Hey, I don't want I don't want the secrets. I want to invite Brian to move to Indiana. This is nice. <laughs> I live in the place called Green Acres. I've got uh, you know, it's like it's just like Green Acres, like the show with Arnold Ziffel and the mm-hmm. little pig and everything. It's good. 
and everyone's gentle and nice and we all give each other hugs. Yeah, it's really nice out here. Brian, come on. Well, I'll, I'll, if, if you're extending the offer, I'll, I'm coming out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fine. Bring some food with you, though, Brian. <laughs> yeah, Brian, take it. Tell us your story. Uh, where where did you start? Where'd you grow up? Give, give us the cross streets. Well, I grew up in Inglewood, uh, in um, a little bit off of uh, 70th and Winchester. And um, I can remember, like, in the um, late 80s, mid-late 80s in that area. And my parents still stay in that area to this day. Um, but back then, it was, you know, up and coming. Uh, small businesses were there. Um, I used to actually get my hair cut around the corner from my house because there were multiple barbershops there, gas stations. Uh, there were little grocery stores, neighborhood grocery stores. Um, you can actually walk around that area uh, pretty freely uh, back then in the, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, somewhere along the way, it changed um and you know fast forward to you know today you know it's just nothing there and i I just don't understand like that that same location same location my parents yeah that spot is is empty yeah that spot's empty um there are a lot of vacant houses at least on my parents block there's uh at least four or five vacant houses some of them have been um, bought up, you know, uh, but the neighborhood is changing. So um, it, I don't know if it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's a good thing, but it, it's going extremely slow, extremely slow. Um, but some, like I said, somewhere along the way, something went wrong. What do you think? What do you think it was, Brian? What, what went wrong? Uh, I think it was a lot of disinvestment. Uh, I think a lot of disinvestment um, from, you know, the mayors of the past, um, aldermen that were part of that war back in the day. Um, and I think, you know, even now there's still disinvestment. You know, they're, they're moving really slow. And I think, you know, from what I uh, see, and I tell my dad this all the time, and especially since I got in, in the radio business, is that... Um, if you walk out your door, you know, and you like what you see, then your alderman, who is pretty much your point of contact when you leave the house, you know, I, I mean, if you like what you see, then your alderman's doing a good job. If you don't like what you see, you can contact your alderman. If, if your alderman faces that problem, then he's doing a good job. But I think a lot of people in these neighborhoods, uh, they don't have any interaction with their alderman at all. And the only time they know about their alderman is during election time. And so it, it took to me because I work in a business and I see it day in and day out, you know, it, it just frustrates me that, you know, my people don't uh, hold politicians feet to the fire because if we did, a lot of things would change. Well, one of the things that might they might hold them to the fire is uh, crime, as we talked about now. Now, we're going through a process where the boss of Chicago, Boss Tony, Boss Tony Preckwinkle, who never gets credit by the media, particularly broadcast or uh, print media, for all that she's done, she installed 
with George Soros's money, she installed um, Kim Fox, and now she's putting another guy, Clayton Harris the <laughs> Third. That's a, that's a name for you. That's a that's a politician's name for sure. No, and and uh, you know I don't like. I'm not really a big fan of the other candidate, but I'm just trying sure. to say that that the uh, Tony Preckwinkle is doing this, and where are the people to hold? Kim Fox and Tony Preckwinkle accountable, Brian, because it's Jeff and my understanding that when when they unleashed all these criminals out of the jail onto the people, the people that were hurt were black people, particularly women who were attacked, and there was no way to scare the thugs away once the they weren't they stopped throwing them in jail i don't know what to say well yeah so um with the whole kim fox thing um it's interesting because um you know a lot of people i I talk to a lot of uh middle-aged uh older uh black women and men and they do have a distaste for kim fox i think the problem is i mean at least with her is that she throws this uh, the, the political justice, the social justice thing, right? Which th- I will say, you know, police brutality, it does exist. It does happen in certain situations, but not in all situations. And so I think she went a little bit too far with it to the point where now, you know, uh, a criminal or somebody that wants to live that life, they know that um, I can do this crime and the chances of me serving time in jail is going to be minimal. Um, now I can point to a certain, um, time in my life where I noticed that the crime was just out of control because I, uh, stay a block away from the red line and I can take the train to work, save on gas, save on parking, um, I can do that, uh, and I was doing that for the first maybe four years when I bought my house uh, over on the south side. And I'll say a little bit before the pandemic, um, the crime was increasing on the rail lines, okay? And so when the pandemic happened, you know, there was absolutely, you know, nobody on the train. There was really no security on the train and people that wanted to do whatever they wanted to do were pretty much free to do whatever, you know? So, you know, I'm a big guy, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I can't carry a weapon on, on a train, even though I do have a CCL, I can't carry that on the train. So I don't want to, you know, for me, for my safety, I don't want to, you know, end up dead just because I was commuting to work or I happen to stay at work late and I'm on a train and then somebody tries to rob me. Right. You said, you talk about disinvestment and, and that's sometimes people will see that as like a liberal dog whistle. All right. The word they use and they don't have a yeah, good yeah, way yeah. to so, explain, but talk about that. I mean, where do you think the investment, where, where is the money going then in those wards? If it's not going to protection or cleaning streets or whatever, what do you think is is the where's the problem? Because it sounds like you're having a problem with aldermen uh, over the years. Well, yeah. So um, 
where I'm at now, my former alderman was uh, Howard Brookins. Uh, and, Howard. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, and he was okay to a certain point, but I know for me, I, I called him at least twice a week about certain problems in the area. You know, people just, you know, uh, leaving trash everywhere. People just hanging out where they shouldn't be hanging out. Um, and as of recent, there was a McDonald's that was uh, on 95th Street. Uh, and it was always people there. But uh, with a lot of people in that area comes the crime. And so there was always some incident that would happen in that area. Uh, we would call the alderman about it. Um, he would try to get something done about it. But eventually what ended up happening, there was a huge shooting there um, a few years back. And now that McDonald's is closed. It's yeah. been closed for about a year and a half now. So now you just have a vacant McDonald's, like right on 95th, where they built this brand new CTA platform. So you got a brand new CTA platform. You got have a Bennett McDonald's right there, right? And so uh, I've called my new alderman, uh, who's Anthony Bill, and was like, hey, you know, what's going to happen to this McDonald's? Because at this point, it's an eyesore. And now what I see there, there's homeless people that may be in that McDonald's. Mm -hmm. um, every Sunday morning, I guarantee you, I'm, I'm going to drive by it this morning. There's going to be a bunch of, like, people just hanging at that abandoned McDonald's. And there's a bunch of homeless people and maybe some migrants there. So uh, that stuff is like you can – I'm quite sure there's something you can do with those buildings. There's other abandoned buildings in my ward mm -hmm. and in wards across the south side that can be used for other things. But for some reason, they're not utilizing, utilizing these buildings, which I think is, is a disservice to the people in the neighborhoods. It might be that it might be that businesses can't compete in a world where their customer base is basically stealing from them or attacking them in some way. And I see all these stores closing and people lamenting like, oh, my God, there's more disinvestment. But, you know, where are we going to get our medicine? Where are we going to get our groceries? Where are we going to get our insulin? But uh, I, if you have to lock up everything behind um, plexiglass walls, I don't think you can run a business that way. I just, I just no, you, you really, you, you really can't. And um, to the business part of it, uh, just recently there was a um, movie theater, Chatham Theaters. They shut down uh, simply. Part of it was because they, they wasn't making any money, but another side of it was the crime. You know, yeah. they're right off 87th Street. And right. 87th Street, uh, you, know, it's a, you know, it's a shopping area. You have the Home Depot there. You have uh, AutoZone. You have all these good places where you can actually shop and get stuff done. And you had a movie theater there, and I stayed about three minutes away from it. I never went to that theater because I knew – of, about the crime and the crime that it could attract. Um, so with that, you know, we, we spoke earlier about, you know, the revolving door of criminals going in and out right. of jails. And these, these 
people that are committing these crimes, some of them are young, some of them are older, but the younger ones, they know if I get caught, I'm going to be right back on the street at the very least <laughs> with, ele with electronic monitoring. You know, so they know this uh, and all that stuff starts early, you know, because kids are taught no consequences, in, in my opinion. They're taught no consequences from, you know, from school. You know, um, I, I have a friend that's a school teacher and she literally told me she can't fail a student. She had a student that, you know, didn't show up the entire semester. And when it came time to get grades, and this kid was supposed to graduate that year, uh, she was going to fail him. And um, what ended up happening was that the parent called her on the phone and said, hey, is there any way my kid can pass so he can graduate? She told him, mathematically, there's no way <laughs> right. this can happen. And... Um, and so she told the parent this, and, you know, about uh, three days later, when grades came out, that kid's F was magically turned into a D, which that let him through. That's a pass, even though it's a low grade, it's a passing grade. She didn't change it. She didn't change it. Um, who could have? So, I mean, so then the, there's only one person, a principal, right? I mean, that sounds like the only thing in in line there. Right. It was a. It, it, okay. Yeah. It was. It was a principal, and 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 so, you know, we're 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 showing these kids, hey, there's no consequence, you know, and these kids know, hey, I don't have to go. Sure. To school. I know they can't fail me, so they know they so they know if I don't have to show up to school. I can just hang out in the street and I can do smashing grabs. I can do carjackings. I can do all this stuff and not even go to jail for that and still huh. graduate high school. Jeez. Well, there was a young man who saw that happening in his community and decided to reject it. And he joined the military. He became a Marine, the United States Marine. And it's Brian, Hel the man we're speaking Brian to. Also, Brian Altimer. And I wonder, I see these, and you grew up with parents around you. And I assume, I, I don't know every aspect of your life, but I assume parents and church and so forth. But a lot of these kids don't have that. And if they could only, I, I don't know, am I being, am I being Pollyannish to think? <laughs> If they could only get into the, you know, like sure. get let the Brian, kid graduate. How did Brian get it? Get it escaped? There's got to be. Let the yeah. Let let this kid graduate so he he can join the military, and maybe save his life. I think for me, what kind of drove me in the in the direction that I am now is that I, you know, as a kid, you know, I was the middle child. I had two sisters. I was the middle child, so. I pretty much kept to myself. I was, I was really, I, I, I was a geek in high school, you know, so I kind of kept to myself and, you know, um, didn't pay attention to a lot that was going on around me. But now, um, it, you know, recently I, I, ga I gave a, a few kids, uh, high school kids, a tour uh, of the radio station over at WGN. And these all kids that all come from Inglewood, and uh, I just wanted them to see yeah. there's life outside of 
their neighborhoods, you know, because a lot right. of these kids, you know, they don't venture outside of going to school and coming home. You know, that's it for them. And a lot of them, you know, they're just, you know, once they're at home, they're either plugged in their video games or plugged into social media or either out on the street doing whatever. Right. So I try any any high school kid I see or young young adult I see, I try to inspire them. You know, I tr- and I try to relate to them um, because I live in the same neighborhood that they do. And I tell them, I'm like, look, I'm from the same raggedy streets you are. And so if I can do it, you can do it. And so that's how I try to inspire them. Um, but. With that being said, there's only so much I can do, um, and it takes uh, parents to actually parent. Um, it takes um, a local government that sees them, but also is um, uh, Arlie, uh, Arlie Ernie, Gunny Ernie, Ernie said this, uh, hard but fair. Be hard but fair. And I think if you do it that way, it it can work. Um, Arlie, but Arlie Ermey famously of, done now. Yeah, Brian. Brian, Brian everybody full may not. May, yeah, Full Metal Jacket. The, the sergeant that Gunny, Gunny, Gunny yeah. that opening monologue. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was this it, is my it, rifle. This no. is my gun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that, that approach being hard and mm-hmm. fair, you know, it, it 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 does wonders, you know, and kids respond to. Uh, them being paid attention to and somebody in, you know, in a sense, making an effort to make them a better person, you know, um, coaches, there, there are teachers out there. Yeah. Like coaches, like there, there, there are teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Positive role models. I mean, well, it's Brian. Um, I mean, what I, you're describing and with your, your contacts and friends within people, you know, who work within the, the CT uh, CPS and, it's these kids have, there's no, like you said, there's no consequences. There's no guardrails. There's no firm but fair kind of mentality because there's nothing around them. Like you're saying, the kids go home, there's nothing if they're going back to these neighborhoods to begin with and through disinvestment or whatever you want to call it or whatever that, the reasoning there is. And then they're in school and they're like, eh, you know, you can show up, but don't worry. It's not going to impact you on, you know, your ability to graduate. And or or I say, oh, you're on the street. Oh, you get arrested. Eh, it doesn't matter. You'll be home by the you know by midnight, or be on the street in the morning. No big deal. So, what's the recipe we're building here? Is this just chaos and wilding and disaster on the streets? But Brian, one of the things you always is always interesting, and everybody should know this about Brian as a producer for WGN. He consumes an ungodly and probably unhealthy amount of media, meaning you know everything from news to entertainment stuff like that how have you seen the way the city is portrayed and particularly maybe your neighborhood neighborhoods you grow up on the south side where you live place you call home how have you seen it it, it change in the way the media has kind of covered it or covered the crime good guy bad guy balance um it depends on what outlet you uh, sure, you can but in broad it, strokes, you know, Brian. There are certain ones that, from a broad stroke, um, it you know it's just doom and gloom. Don't go on the south side. Don't go on the west side. 
you know, stay away from those areas because if you go to those areas, nine times out of ten, you're going to get shot or you're going to get killed. Um, there was a uh, public, uh, 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 there was an article that listed the, I think it was the, the most dangerous spots in Chicago. And they were all on the southwest side. Now, you live in Chicago. There are other hot pockets in Chicago that are pretty bad, but it was just those yeah, sure. areas. And I was like, that's not fair, you know, but hey, it's, you, know, you have to take it with a grain of salt in a sense. Um, so I think there, there is an unfair um, portrayal of Chicago in, in certain areas, but that doesn't mean it's all peaches and cream either, yeah. you know. So there, there needs to be, um, you know, as far as from a media aspect, like a- actual fair reporting when it comes to that, because that matters, you know. Um, I just wish it was. At this point, it's not. Well, would it be fair if they actually reported on the street gangs cutting up the, the neighborhoods? Uh, like, uh, okay, years ago, years ago, uh, at the Tribune, George Papa John and I, uh, there was a group called 21st Century Vote, and that was Gator, your friend Gator Bradley, Jeff. Gator Bradley. <laughs> and he was working with uh, his boss, who was the Supreme King of the Disciples, then Larry Hoover, imprisoned. And the idea was to get the kids to vote. Get the kids to come out and vote. Yeah, let's vote, you know. Franchise. Mm. Everyone's franchise. And guess what? It didn't work out because it was really about getting Larry Hoover out of jail, and that didn't work out. So because the people would come to us and complain that what you're doing is celebrate your, you know, we weren't celebrating the gang, but... The people saw any positive coverage of the gang as sort of destructive to their neighborhood. And they 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 mm. said, you don't understand how people take it, you know? And uh, it's so, so confusing, Brian and Jeff. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I think that the, the whole, you know, the Larry Hoover thing, that was a little extreme. At least to me it was. Yeah, you just know, a little. Not, there, not, there not if you ask Kanye West and Kim Kardashian, right? <laughs> Ridiculous. I mean, I mean, at, at the at the end of the day, uh, with 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 that particular situation, you know, a lot of what's going on in Chicago to this day is a result of that. Mm-hmm. And so, to actually try to celebrate that, there's no way you can get me on board. With that at all you know it's listen but before there was before there was george soros there was larry Hoover. okay <laughs> right <laughs> sure people pushing their boat well i mean it, right. go, it goes back to the idea of the larry hoover you know celebrating larry hoover yeah it's this this you know, propping up or celebratizing you know flashing your guns and shooting up random people or stealing things or doing drugs whatever it is and and then doing it on social media, right? And now that's the new newfangled version of it. But I mean, that's that, not, that lack of of management in the media that 
that kids on the street are perceiving, much as John, you and I talk about the media that like, you know, white suburban people are, are mostly perceiving in newspapers and stuff like that. It's the same, same oh. thing. There was this weird floodgate push towards what clicks and sells and Brian, to your point, right? I mean, it's it's what that's the music now is what are they promoting? Right. And so even with social media, it's the same thing. You know, if you see, you know, smash and grabs like smash and grabs now, you know, these kids put them up on social media, you know, and they do it because they want to get hits. It's not because they need, actually need the stuff they, they're selling. They're doing it because they want to get hits on social media. And that's disturbing because um, at least. From my point of view, these social media companies should be held responsible because it's getting put out there. Um, but it, it's just it, it, it's a wild situation, and it's only a matter of time before it just just boils over. You know, um, there was just a girl the other day uh, shot downtown Chicago, and people were running around her videotaping her. And I heard I heard one young woman, young young one black woman say, "Put your phones down." She started screaming at everyone, and they kind some kind of did, and then they whipped their phones out again, and she was dead on the yeah. sidewalk. I mean, it was just uh, so. I mean, obviously, you know, you feel for the dead, but also, I feel for the loss of humanity. Of those who like, I got to get this on video. I got to get this on my phone because that they've lost their humanity as well. It's like right, and, and and the act of doing that now is some sort of like social, you know, touchstone or, or guide stars is just baffling me to think about. Brian, you know, describing that that culture the kids are growing up in, and it's not like Brian's. You know, Brian's my and a little role, and I am, and and. Not like he's just coming at this from like, oh, this is how it was now, and this is how I'm assuming. I mean, Brian, you've got kids who are just got out of high school and new into Chicago schools. I mean, it's not like you're you're seeing this from a distance. It's it's weird. That's crazy, man. I mean, just just think about what these pressures and and then what are we what the what benefit are we reaping in the society? We're seeing it in in this you know crazy violence that has no no reason behind it or no rhyme or or pattern. It's just seemingly random yeah but 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 to this day i I still love the city um i i i just want everybody regardless of your color or whatever is you live in the city of chicago if you're a registered voter um really pay attention to how you live and that's that should be your driving force of how you vote. I'm not going to go out there and say you should vote for this person, you should vote for that person. Uh, but go, I, this is the same thing I told my dad. If you walk out your door and you don't like what you see when you walk through your neighborhood, then whoever's in charge, alderman, mayor, they were the wrong choice. Period. I, I don't care how um, I don't care You know, as far as what social uh, thing they're, they're trying to stand on. I don't care about that. I care about how I live and I care about my public, I, I care about public safety. And if I don't feel safe in this town, if I feel like that my neighborhood is being neglected, then it's time for a change in leadership in those roles. And I think that's where 
a lot of people, at least in Chicago, is lost because we get caught up in these these social um, hangups. You know, that has nothing to do with how you live. It has nothing to do with what's in your pocket. So that's how you should vote. So I, I really want people to understand that. And if people understand that, then the right choices will be made. Now, am I saying that that person that we choose will be on the up and up when they're in there? We don't know. But at least right. we can go in that right direction because when we choose wrong, then we go too far to the left or we go too far to the right. So we need to have an understanding of that. Well, I don't think there's anything else to say about that. <laughs> if Brian, if Brian, should point people to your socials. I mean, I know you do some fun stuff. You've had quite an interesting uh, career. Uh, you've bounced around, followed uh, yeah. John and I were at WLS together for a short stint, and then now over at WGN. But you've done some cool stuff on your own. Yeah, so uh, you can uh, follow me on Facebook. It's Brian Alzheimer if you want to um, follow me on Facebook. And if you want to check me out on the socials, you can go to Alzheimer's uh, uh, Show WGN Radio. It's at Alzheimer's Show WGN Radio if you want to follow me there. Cool, man. I wanted some video game tips. <laughs> oh, on, God. Uh, how to beat uh, the game in <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2. And is there going to be a Red Dead Redemption 3? I'm just no, waiting. I don't think so. Uh, I, I hope it is. Uh, I'm waiting for it. Because <laughs> yippee ki you know, I just love to be a cowboy, virtually. Well, Brian, it's been fun to have you, man. And like I said, it's, you know, you, I know you're, you're, you're a real city, and, and the fact that you still love the city and, and you're still, you know, ingrained in being here and, and, connected to it so deeply is is refreshing and uh you paint a really good picture about what it is like to grow up in this city and still be you know a youth in this city um so thanks for joining us man yeah yeah thanks for having me on and i i I appreciate what what you and john are doing for the city and um man just just keep 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 at it (laughs) because you guys are rocking thanks bro Hey, man. Thanks, Brian. For Brian Alzheimer, Senior Technical Producer at WGN Radio. And for Jeff Carlin, Executive Producer, WGN Radio. And for me, John Cass, doesn't know jack about radio, but just likes to blab with his big mouth. Executive Editor, JohnCassNews.com. Join us again next time you want some common sense on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN+.